Good evening again. I offer you my greetings as well as the greetings of Nizami, who is taking us through his seven tales from darkness to light, from Saturday to Friday, from shadow to light, from the world of shadows, from time to eternity, in fact. And all the imageries of Nizami are centered around this basic image of light and darkness, light and shadow. He reminds you of Plato that this is the world of shadows. And so all beauties, loves, Attachments, pleasures, joys in this world are shadows. Of course, they are good. It doesn't mean that you have to renounce them. But it means that you have to pass through them to the true light, from shadow to light. Nezami has a very beautiful poem that shadow is kissing light because there is a line when this side is the sunshine and this side is the shadow so the shadow is always lip to lip with light so if you pass through the shadow you will finally get to the other side which is light well today at the end of the session we are going to have some music of course uh, some rhythmic presentation of the poems of Nizami. I have asked a friend of mine, a very young boy, who is going to give you a taste of the rhythm and the uh, uh, beauty, harmony, and proportions of the cup in, in which Nizami has poured his wine. Well, so far we have gone through four stories. You know, this uh, actually, the, the seven days of the week are divided into two. One four and one three. And the seven is actually the sum of four and three. And that is why seven is so important, because it has the three. The three is the first triangular number. The first triangular number. And four is the first square number. So together they make seven. So of these colors of the seven domes, three represent three things 
Of course, there are different uh, symbolic interpretation. I'll give you some of them. But uh, one is that three is the body, the soul, and the spirit. You probably remember that Dr. Nash mentioned that there is difference between the soul and the spirit. There are different levels. And in another interpretation, the three are the body, sorry, uh, the mineral, the realm of the inanimate things, and then plant, and then animal. which are called the three, uh, the three sons of the world. Rumi says, I died from mineral stage, and then I was revived in a plant level, and then I died from being a plant, and then I entered the realm of animal. Yes, as Jamadi Mordamun Nami Shodam, از نما مردم ز حیوان سر زدم مردم از حیوانی و آدم شدم and then from animal stage animal realm I died and entered the realm of humanity the realm of man and from man I still rose to the level of angels they gave me some wings so that I could fly like angels. You remember that Psyche was given wings, wings of butterfly, to return to Eros, to his beloved, to her beloved. So Rumi says that then I had wings. I will have the wings of angels. And then from angels still, I will jump out to another world. And uh, which is not uh, describable anymore. It is unutterable. We come to a stream. This is the stream of non-existence. Here is the stream of existence. You come to the end of existence. And then you jump. This is the greatest forward, the greatest leap forward for Rumi. That you jump. I have to jump to the other side of the stream, which is non-existence. means not the, in the philosophical sense of the word, but it means non-existence in the sense that uh, there is no limitation. There is no color. There is no form. It is, so it has all the forms. It has all the colors. See, So this is this, 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 the realm of colorlessness timelessness, placelessness. So this is, Rumi says, we are from here. We are neither here nor there. Some, in one poem, he says, Ma as in Jawa, as in Jawanistim. We are neither from here nor from there. We are from placeless. Wareness, uh, actually, there is no, where there is no where. There is no place. So from, we are from that realm. So we are returning back to that realm. 
So these are the three uh, realms of body, soul, spirit, or the realms of uh, mineral, plant, and animal. And the four are the four, both the four elements, as well as the four humors. You know, we have uh, four humors, which are the starting from black, black bile. These are the three first days, the, I mean the four first days of the week are the, uh, the humor, the humor. Black bile and yellow bile or which is cholera. Black bile uh, is melancholy actually and uh, black bile is a symbol of a person uh, who is in love. Yes. Black is uh, the, sometimes the sign soda in Arabic they say soda means the black. What soda is in your head? Means you are, you are in love. But fancy in the sense of love. So black bile, uh, if it is predominant, if they are all equal and in equal state, then you are okay. But if one of them, one of the four humors, is predominant, then you have a particular humor of either melancholy or choleric. You are choleric, irascible, easily uh, put to anger. And uh, then we have uh, the green, which is phlegm. Phlegm. Is that the right pronunciation? Phlegm, and we have phlegmatic here, phlegmatic humor, which is idle and, you see, not full of life and lively, lethargic. And then we have uh, a red, which is blood. Sanguine. Hopeful. A lover of sensual pleasures of life as it is. But this black bile is uh, greatly appreciated by Nizami, by Saadi, by Rumi. And they say a person who has who doesn't have that black bile, he is not worth uh, anything. So these are the four colors, the four days of the week. And then we have uh, the, 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 the three, which are the uh, elements, uh, sorry, these are the elements, the four elements, which is uh, the earth, which is the wind, which is uh, the fire, and which is the uh, water. Yeah. Yes, this is uh, the earth. Yes. As as Qa'rigilisiyah, see, the black clay of man. The clay is considered, the earth is considered to be black. And we are from black to black because in, in those times uh, the highest and the farthest uh, of the firmaments 
of the spheres was that of Saturn, and Saturn was black. So it comes down to the Earth, and Earth is black. So from black to black, from pole to pole. Yellow is the wind, yes. So, in fact, green is water, yes. And you know, but the real dome, the real dome is the head of Bahram. He is actually under the dome of his own thoughts. And he is dreaming the seven domes. And these stories are uh, stories of the uh, experiences and passions and feelings of Bahram himself, who every, every day of the week ha is in a different humor and passing through a different stage. Of course, I should add here that uh, symbols in Persian literature generally and in Nizami and Rumi particularly, they are floating. When we say that red is a symbol of so-and-so, it doesn't mean that everywhere. There's a variety of meanings. Every moment, a lion is a symbol of God, a symbol of our nafs or devil, our inner devil. So it depends on the context and the story. Now, <coughs> we come to the uh, fourth day, I mean the uh, fifth day, which is, which belongs, which is Wednesday. Wednesday, we said that belongs to Mercury. And Mercury is the star of merchants, of writers, of uh, people of transactions, of writing, of uh, knowledge, but worldly knowledge. Mr. Worldly Wise Man is in Charshambe, is in Wednesday, because they have their Vanity Fair uh, and... Uh, See, they are going to sell something uh, and to get something. So, uh, but Nizami wants to say in every day you have to, uh, you have to get the basic idea of that day. And here is a transaction, buying and selling. What is it that you have to buy? What is worth buying and what is worth selling? The thing which is worth selling, I mean, what you have in your hand, what is your cash? Your cash is your life. Your life. And you have what is worth, which is more, because when you give your money, you are going to get something more important for you. So what is more important than your life? What is more important than the soul? It's the soul charmer, your Janan. John is the soul. And Janan, your beloved, is the soul charmer who, who gives you every moment thousands of life. So, uh, better than life is the life giver. Uh, Emily Bronte, in one poem, says that it doesn't matter if you take everything from me because you are in every moment you can create thousands and thousands of new lives. So I'm, I am not afraid of losing one life or two lives or, or many lives. So that is why Rumi also says that, Pas chetar sam, kei zemordan kam shodam. 
I never became less by dying. Every time I died, I was mineral, I came to plant, I came uh, higher and higher until I jumped over the other side. And then, Arqanun, uh, which is Tapas Adam Gardam, then I turned into non existence. And Adam, which is non existence, like Arqanun, which is uh, a, a wind organ. It is a wind instrument, a very complicated wind instrument which, uh, in which uh, your breath turns round and then when it is returning, it speaks, it, it uh, intones the verse in the Quran, We are returning to him. See, because you breathe here and then it goes down here and then there is a big um, uh, hole here and then it comes back through here, and then it comes out. So when it is returning, pas Adam gardam, Adam chon arganun, guyadam enna elayhe rajun. He says, we are returning. We are returning to him, to him who has breathed into us. See? So, uh, in Wednesday, also you have to be a good merchant. You have to know what to buy and what to sell. Well, the story of Wednesday is something to do with uh, the color and something to do with Mercury, which is the star of merchants. On Wednesday, Bahram goes to the turquoise, turquoise blue dome to a lady from Egypt and asks her, as usual with other ladies, to tell him a story. And then he narrates this story that once upon a time, in Egypt, there was a man, most handsome, you could say even beautiful, charming. He was a Joseph. They called him the second Joseph. And he, the second Joseph, was better than the first Joseph. You have, uh, uh, you have uh, a higher place a higher appreciation than the first Joseph. So he was um, an eyesight everywhere he went, not an eyesore. Nizami recommends that one should be an eyesight when everywhere he goes. You see, when you smile and when you have good intentions in your heart, then you are uh, you are an eyesight, not an eyesore. Because in Persian we say, when people are not, uh, their, their faces are not open and they don't smile, it, it seems as if the doors are closed and nobody even dares to tell you hello. So he emphasizes uh, many times in his works that you have to keep uh, your doors doors open. So this 
man was called Mahan. Everybody gave a feast in his honor because they wanted him to be with them. So groups of friends, they were gathered, and every night a different feast was held for him. And they drank and they danced and they have entertain, entertainments of different sorts. Of, they savored all sorts of uh, fruits and they drank wine, um, sweet uh, fruits and bitter wine, as Nizami says. So one night when Mahan was very drunk, he decided to go to take a walk. It was uh, in the middle of the night. But he thought that it was near the dawn, near morning. So he went out to take a walk into the garden. So he happened to see a figure in the dark and then he thought that he must be his friend who was also his partner in their trades. So he came, he approached him and the man said, greeted him and then he said, who are you? He said, well, I am such and such person, I'm your friend, your, your partner. Come with me, we have made a very good profit and uh, we have actually got a treasure and uh, I am going to share it with you. So follow me that uh, before, he said that I came from a trade journey and then since the city was closed because there were gates closed, then I thought that you might be in this garden and then I came here. So follow me. And then he followed and he said, it is no more than one mile away where I have kept the treasures, so it's better that we do share it just immediately. So he goes and goes and goes, and he thinks that it is a long, long way. He said, just one mile, and now it is four leagues we have passed. Um, so he thought, well, I am, I am drunk, he is sober, might be, maybe he knows better. But... Uh, Gradually, it becomes morning, and then he doesn't see the man, and he finds himself in a wilderness. Yes, in a wilderness, and he doesn't know where to, how to come back. It was very hot, and there was nothing to eat, and then he walked and walked and walked until he was tired, and until it was night again. And then he happened to see a person passing by, he said, oh, please help me, I don't know, I have got lost in the uh, wilderness and I want to go back to such, a, such and such garden. The man said, oh, what has happened to you? He said, well, a person happened to call me his partner and I followed him. He said, no, no, this, is, this wilderness is the place, the dwelling place of the demons and devils and, and giants and rule, as we say in Persian. So how could you follow him? Give me your hand so that I would take you to some safe place. And then he gives his hand to him and then he takes him and takes him and takes him uh, until morning. And then he vanishes. 
and then he is still in the same wilderness and then he goes on all through the day with so much suffering from plight to plight from cave to cave and uh, until again he happened to see two riders a man and a woman passing by he came to them and sought for help and then they said just stop or we will cut your head off who are you he said well I am not a robber I am not I am a simple man I have been lost in the wilderness I have gone astray and then they said okay we will give you a horse we have an additional horse and then he rode the horse and he said they said well follow us and then after a time they arrived to a very great area where there were hundreds and hundreds of people but when he looked at them he was so frightened that each of them had such a frightening face and then suddenly he looked from looked at the horse uh, underneath him and saw that it was uh, a dragon with seven heads you know this dragon of seven head is actually a symbol of our soul sorry of, of our nafs which is our devilish soul our 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 ego yes or even worse than ego because um, actually uh, the real meaning of nafs in in islamic literature or among rumi and nizami it means uh, the devil himself the devil himself it is uh, the deputy of the devil in our heart so is worse than ego because ego is just uh, your natural desires uh, it is not wrong nothing in us is wrong but the moment you you are conscious of the truth and of the right but for your own purposes you deny it then you are the devil you see so actually the meaning of devil is to standing against truth and that is nafs nafs is a standing against truth if you love someone and you are not standing against truth it's all right nothing is is wrong with our passions with uh, with our desires we have to desire everything but according to truth and right and justice so this this is very similar to hydra in um, greek mythology a dragon of seven heads which hercules cut off the heads and cauterized because every time he cut one head another would come out see there is a story that a person had uh, a dream a strange dream and went to a sufi to a, a great saint, saint and said well i have uh, seen a very strange dream that i was riding uh, i was riding a dragon of seven heads what is it he said well this is your devil within so you have to cut off the heads one by one he said well what are they really he said they are your your avarice your anger your so your pride your so and so 
There are seven of them. So you have to work hard and uh, to go through certain um, trainings before you could uh, overcome these passions, these inordinate passions. So the man thought that, uh, after a time he thought that it's better to, to fight against pride, against pride, and to be humble. He tried to be humble everywhere he went. He went to the lowest place. And then after two years, he dreamt that he was riding uh, a dragon of eight, <laughs> of eight heads. So he went to the same saint and said, what has happened? He said, well, you haven't cut off your uh, arrogance, but you have got another head, which is no good, again, that, well, I am the person who is humble, and uh, yes, and nobody is as humble as I am. So uh, this is, has been added to the heads. So this is a symbol of nafs, or the devil within. So, there again, he is tortured until morning, but as soon as the cock crows, this cock is a symbol, is a symbol of uh, a good tiding or um, a, a good news from the world above. It, it, is the, it is the news of light, harbinger of light. And Shakespeare says that the cock awakens, uh, I'm not sure of the exact words, but he says that awakens the goddess of light, the goddess of day. And then uh, everybody tries to hide himself. All evil forces try to hide themselves from the... From the uh, voice of the crow. So when the cock crows, he, he sees that everything vanishes. Why? Because when the light comes, all evils are darkness. When the light comes, then they vanish into the light. You remember that in Pilgrim's Progress, when uh, hopeful so hopeful and Christian are in the castle of despair. They find a key which is called uh, promise and then they open the door of the dungeon and they come out and the giant follows them but he is destroyed in the light of the day. So this time again he finds himself when he comes to himself he finds himself in another wilderness, but he goes and uh, sees a, a big garden in front of him. And he is so happy. He goes into the garden and see, sees that it is so much uh, bounties of all kinds of fruits and food, and it's a big palace. Um, as he was eating some fruit, uh, an old man ha appeared and said, well, what are you doing here? It is for years that I have not been suffering the uh, presence of any robber in this area. How did you come here? He said, well, I'm not a robber. I, have been, I am a lost man. Uh, 
and I have lost my way. He said, okay, I, I have a feeling of, of sympathy towards you because he was also very beautiful and very charming. So he said, well, now that you are a simple-hearted person, I, I believe you. And um, I am old and I have no son, so I, I will adopt you for my son. I will adopt you for my son. And you will be the heir, the heir to all these treasures and palaces and gardens in, in, of immeasurable uh, values. But there is one condition. Uh, you have to go up this tree. There was a very big, thick tree. Uh, go up there. I'll give you some food and drink as well. And do not come down until I tell you, until I come back. If you stay there until I come back, then you will be the heir. In no, in no condition, with no enticement, no one should tempt you. If anybody called you, be silent and do not answer. And he said, okay, I will certainly do that because I have been suffering so much now that you are so kind to me. So he, hide, he hid himself in the branches and was looking out down. And the old man disappeared after his own works. But he saw that there was a sound of music and then a group of uh, uh, fair maid came into the scene. And then there was a big uh, uh, porch or Avon, as we say, uh, in front of the palace. And then uh, there were carpets, and they, they, they put some thrones. And then uh, the queen of the fairies came. He didn't know that they are fairies. He thought that they are very beautiful girls. So he was looking, and then they were dancing, and then uh, it was so enticing. He thought that it was a paradise. How, how could I resist temptation I can go to paradise if I come down I'll go to paradise without uh, passing the uh, stream of death because the, in Pilgrim's Progress they had to pass the stream of death the river death before they could go to paradise but he said even without a resurrection he would directly go to paradise. He said, well, I, I shouldn't keep my promise. You know, there is another story of Edris, the great prophet, that uh, he, was, he asked Gabriel, uh, okay, could you please tell me to paradise for just I will take a look around. He said, well, if I take you there, you wouldn't come back. So I can't take you there. He said, I will promise. I promise, and I, by, by oath, that I will come back after one week. He said, okay, I'll take you if you promise, and you keep your promise. And then Edris was taken to paradise. That's the story also in Christian uh, legends. Uh, so after the week, after, at the end of the week, he said, well, I won't come. Come out. He said, well, you have promised. He said, well, all promises, promises good, because if we 
fulfill our promises, we will go to paradise. Now that I am in paradise, it is not necessary that I keep <laughs> my promise. <laughs> so, the man thought of his promise that, uh, well, I have promised the old man and, and he had been so kind to me, but finally he decided to come down. <laughs> and when he came down and he tried to associate with those girls, they they greeted him and accepted him warmly and from bosom to bosom he was taken to the, uh, the queen and she was also very kind to her and smiled. And then when, she, uh, when he approached the queen and looked into, his fa- into her face, he again saw a dragon, such, such frightful composition that he was about to die. And then he fell on the ground senseless. Uh, and then when he opened his eyes, again everything had vanished. And here he was, uh, he thought of God. He thought that he has to take refuge to God. He said, Oh, though, who are the friend of those who have no friend? Ya rafiqa man la rafiqa God is the friend of those who have got no friend. So please help me. Um, I am in this wilderness, which is the world. Every moment somebody comes and says, well, okay, I'll take you to a safe place, and then they lead you astray. So um, he, he weeps, and he invo- invokes his Lord. And then he tries to wash his face, he suddenly sees that somebody is sitting behind him, very similar to himself, exactly of the same size, exactly of the same face, exactly himself, as if he was looking at himself in the mirror. He said, who are you? He said, I have come to help you. You know, this is a very important point in Persian mysticism, that one day you will come to visit yourself, your beautiful self, your divine self. And you will ask, who are you? He said, well, I am you. Where have you been so... Uh, because he is you without any... Uh, without any... Uh, uh, foul uh, experiences. You are the pure you. So that is called Khazr in Persian mysticism. Khizr is uh, Elyusha or... Elias. Elias. Elias, yes. So, um, he is Mr. Help, actually, in the wilderness, Mr. Help. Elias in Persian literature is Mr. Help in the oceans and in the sea. And Khizr is on land. You see? On land. If you get lost in the wilderness, then Khizr will come to who? To help you. If in the sea, then Elias will come to help you. So, I think that Saint Nicola is, in English literature, Saint Nicola is the one who is implored when you get lost in the sea and when the sea is stormy, you seek um, Saint Nicola's help. So, this Khazr tells him that just take me by the hand and close your eyes and then when you open 
you will see yourself in the garden. And he sees himself in the garden, and he sees that he, all his friends are wearing black suits and mourning for him. They all thought that he had been uh, killed by some ferocious animal in the wilderness. Um, so all in this way, all the stories of the seven stories, none of them is tragic. All of them come to a happy ending. And that is actually the outlook of Nizami, that that is the story of the world. The story of creation is also a comedy rather than a tragedy. The divine comedy actually by uh, Dante implies uh, the same idea that you are uh, traveling from the the, the lowest level from the lowest uh, sections of, of the hell to the highest point of heaven and then you will see your God you will have the vision of your Lord I will tell you the other stories very briefly the, the, the story of the Thursday which is a lucky day it belongs to Jupiter we say mushteri in Persian, which means customer as well. Mushteri, uh, Jupiter. And his. Thursday is Tuesday. The Thursday is Monday. Thursday. Oh, Thursdays. Thursday. This is not the next. This is next story, yes. This is the no, I mean uh, the, fifth, the sixth one. That's right, the sixth one. The sixth day of the week is Thursday. And you remember that he said that it belongs to four, which is the god who is equivalent, uh, equivalent of uh, equivalent of Jupiter. And there are two luckiest stars. One is Venus, and the other is Jupiter. And two unluckiest stars in in the seven uh, portraits explained by Nizami that one is Mars and the other is Saturn of course Saturn is this, the sinister star the major sinister star and this is the minor this is uh, the Jupiter is the major luckiest star and this one is the minor actually Venus is the daughter of Jupiter now the story of Thursday is in fact uh, an allegory um, something like uh, the story of Pilgrim's Progress where he uses uh, the uh, qualities and adjectives uh, he personifies them things like goodness or badness or Mr. Help, Mr. Worldly Wise Man Mr. Pliable, Mr. Obstinate uh, Mr. Um, hate Good Mr. Hate Good there are people who hate uh, all sorts of goodness so <laughs> here uh, Nizami tells you the story of a person, Mr. Bad and Mr. Good. Mr. Good 
and Mr. Bat as two symbols. This polarity always is present in the works of Nizami. Actually, all divisions are two. Darkness and light, goodness and badness, evil, virtue and vice. See? So, I will just give you the plot, the main plot of the story that good and bad are traveling on a way. Good has uh, a tank of water and uh, drink, but he shares it with others, with his friend. But when it comes to an end, his tank, he asks bad. Now you can give me just a drop, just a draft of your water. He says, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. He said, I'll buy. He said, no, you can't buy it, it is very expensive. And then he said, well, I will give you a hundred pounds, two hundred pounds or so and so. He, he rises and rises until he says, I have, I will give you some very precious stones I have with me. And he said, no, I will ask jewels, but not the jewels of a stone, but the jewels of your eyes. So you have to give me your two eyes before I would give you some water. And he was dying of thirst because it was, they were in the wilderness. So... Mr. Bad uh, bulged out his two eyes, threw it away, and he was almost uh, dead uh, without even giving him a drop of water and left him in the wilderness and went away and got all he had of Kurd uh, nation. Happens to find him, puts his eyes on the socket again, and then marries him and then teaches him something of medicine and, and the properties of certain herbal medicine and then he goes to another city and he cures uh, the uh, this eyes of the daughter of the king of the city and finally he becomes the heir of the king and finally he becomes the king when Mr. Bat happens to be found there. Of course, when he comes to, he is brought because he had done some, uh, something, some crime in the city, he is brought to the king and he looks at him and knows him and he, Bat, also knows but he couldn't believe his own eyes because he had left him in such a uh, tragic situation. So he says, uh, well, uh, now tell me what I have to do with you. He said, well, you have, I have done according to my nature, which is bad. And you do according to your nature, which is good. Mm. So good said, okay, I would uh, not punish you, go away with you. But uh, the father of his wife, his uh, father-in-law, who was the court, he came and said, well, he can... Uh, pardon you, but I won't. Then, and kills bad. And finally killed, uh, bad is killed. So, of course, this is uh, a very, uh, the bare plot of the story, but Nizomi has brought it to life with beautiful descriptions of everything, of the atmosphere, of the setting. And, and then the last story is the, the story of a person 
who has a very beautiful garden, the best of the gardens for which all kings uh, would covet his garden. He, Nizami has so beautifully described this garden, which you find yourself in, in, in paradise itself. For example, I'll give you just some, just one line. Hamid it was all heart. That garden, it was all heart, like the heart of a pomegranate. Hamid Delbud Chun Mione Nar. Pomegranate. Pom is it right? Pomegranate. Yes. So in pomegranate there are so many hearts put together. Right? So he says it was all heart, like a pomegranate, like the heart of a pomegranate. Hamid Golbut was all flower without a thorn. And if it happened to be a thorn in the garden, the thorn was just to avert evil eye to avert evil eye it wasn't through thorn it was just looked like thorn so that uh, it would avert evil eye so this man one day he wanted to go he went to um, visit his garden but he couldn't find the key because he, uh, he had not brought with him the key so he thought that uh, I would uh, knock at the gate Somebody will open the door because he heard that there is so much revelry. Some are singing and some are, it looks like a group of people are dancing there and very sweet songs were being heard. So he knocked and knocked. And Nizami says, Dar basi kuft, kas nagoft javab, sar dar raks budo gul dar the cypress was dancing nobody answered the door because the, the, the cypress uh, was dancing and the flowers were asleep were asleep so but finally he goes through a hole uh, into the garden where um, under the the wall and uh, he was taken by some uh, servants there and was beaten uh, as a robber as uh, a, a highwayman but he said that this is my garden and he gave some indications and then they, they saw that he was right and he, was, he is really the owner of the garden so they pardoned him <laughs> and said okay now that you are we, we have come here uh, to have uh, enjoyment and to make revelry and so many beautiful girls are here so you can choose the best of them uh, for yourself. So the man was very happy finally going into his own garden with a huri of paradise with, with a fairy of paradise. So they went to a room so that they could make love. But several times, some ludicrous, because of some ludicrous episodes, they couldn't make love because every time something would happen and they just <laughs> couldn't go on. So finally, the man, the, uh, the owner of the garden, finds that it is not a lawful association. 
So he has to marry the girl. Marriage doesn't mean marriage in the uh, social sense of the word, but marriage means love. When you marry, it means that you love. You want to be with her. You want to share everything with her. So if you just want to, to enjoy yourself and go away, Nezomi says it is not lawful. So you have to, uh, because every time something happened, something very funny happened, and they couldn't go on. Once uh, a cat, for example, just happened to pass by and then he overthrew something, and once uh, the, the wall just suddenly started to uh, get ruined. So, Nizami emphasizes many times that if you want to entitle yourself to a joy, you have to devote yourself to that joy rather than just possessing that joy for yourself uh, without uh, devotion without a permanent relationship because uh, this uh, lustful and temporal relation although it is good it is good as a preliminary status to make a permanent relation you can enjoy all the beauties of the world on one condition, that you make it a bridge over which you pass to the world of eternity. You can enjoy time if you pass through time to eternity. Eternity is in love with his children, which are the things in this world. So, but he is in love with you as well. He, he is very jealous of you. He doesn't want you to stay there. He expects you to see these things and they would lead you to him. So all the beauties and joys in this world are, to be, are just to guide you towards God. You can enjoy them then as a guide, not as uh, some independent... Uh, experience well we have come to the end of the week and uh, I hope uh, this these four sessions would at least uh, motivate uh, some of our friends here to work on the works of Nizomi, to study more seriously the works of Nizomi, and to uh, go to the main spring. This is just uh, a drop. This is just a drop. Of course, you can, as William Blake said, to see the whole world in a grain of sand. This was just a grain of sand. And uh, the whole heaven in a wild flower so mm, mm, uh, I, 
I think that we have to wait for my friend as an introduction to the next session, which is by Mr. Josie. I will explain uh, those rhythms. But uh, before he could give you an artistic performance, here I will give you just the basic idea of rhythm in Persian literature so that you could better follow when it is presented through artistic uh, performance. Do you want to ask any questions? Maybe some of the audience yes. questions. Yes, yes, yes. Can I ask yes. if you would try to repeat? As Jamadi Mordam or Nam? Nam, me, Mordam, Behavan, Sarzadam. Sarzadam. از حیوانی و آدم شدم پس چه ترسم کیز مردن کم شدم این فکت نظامی also before رومی has many beautiful expressions of his idea about his outlook about this he says گر مرگ رسد چرا هرسم why should be afraid if death happens to come because that is the way to, towards you. So what is the... That, I know that it is the way towards you. As it's most beautiful. As From... As is the place of eating. This is the place of eating. You will go to places of sleeping. This whole life is because we are constantly eating something, either through our mouth or ear or eyes. We are just uh, eating. We are eaters. And then we will sleep. We will go to sleep. And then from sleep, then we will go to the palace of a great king. The Rastri Shahi. And let me add something here also that Nizami, as I mentioned once, always keeps equilibrium between contrasting ideas. For example, this predestination, destination, there is a very hot argument among theologists and philosophers about whether everything had been predestined or according to our free will. In fact, uh, very similar to what naturalists, determinism of naturalists and the free will of existentialists. They say, well, you are the architect of your own life. This is existentialist. Free will. You are free to do. Nothing has been destined for you. You have to decide. You have to go on. You, you can make your own life better. And uh, those who follow predestination, they say, no, because God is the, the final cause, the primal cause. And since he is the primal cause, whatever happens is because of him. So you are totally in his hand. Now what Nizami says, he doesn't take side either here or here. He said, you have to make your own effort. Don't think about predestination. 
because you are not aware of your destiny. You have to make your own effort. You have to consider yourself free and other people's free and responsible. Otherwise, you can't expect any responsibility from anyone when everything is predestined. Everybody would uh, excuse himself that, well, I couldn't, if it was predestined by God, I would do it. So now that it is not, <laughs> so I haven't done it. So if you don't believe in, if, uh, in free will, you can't consider yourself responsible and other people responsible. So uh, you have to uh, make efforts. Jahd, book on it. Jahd, or making effort. Making. You have to make your best effort and then believe in predestination. And then believe that everything is predestined by God. But it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't make your own effort. Jahd nizami nafasi bud sar. I made my effort. Nizami says, I made my effort to make, to create the best poetry. I have done my best. But it is all from you. Nizami, nafasi bud sad. It was just a cold breath. Jahde Nizami. Yes, come here, please. You can take a seat. Nafasi bud sad. Garmi tofir bechizishkar. So Nizami uh, doesn't take side in uh, such contrasts, but he says that you have to keep an equilibrium between the two, and each of them has its own uh, truth. You are free, you are responsible, you have to do your best, but deep in your heart you should know that God is the the designer and he does all so uh, fortunately my dear son uh, Mr. Amir Ali's son uh, has come to help me with uh, those rhythms I told you that the quintet uh, each of them has a different rhythm the five Rhythms. I will just write it here and then he will play for you. The first, which is Mahsan al-Asrar, which is the treasury of secrets, is like this. It is actually one beat, three, one, three, one, two. One, three, one, three, one, two. This is Mahsan al-Asrar, Treasure of Secrets. And then two, Khosro Shirin. It's like this. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, one, three, one, three, one, two. And this one is two, one, Two one one two one one two two one right two one one two beats together and one one 
And the third one is Yes. What's the book called? Uh, it is Leilu Majnu. This is Khosro Shirin. And this is Leilu Majnu. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My computer has turned into another. Uh, it's not in window. <laughs> It doesn't work with <laughs> one, one, three. Let's see, one, one, three, two, two, one. A no me to be tarin saro balls. B no me to no me cake when balls. Dum dum da da dum da dum da dum dum. Dum dum da da dum da dum. And then four, which is the seven portraits, the seven domes, is uh, one. See, it is like this, one, two, one, two, two, one, one. A jahandi de boo de khish hasto, heech boo di naboo de peesh hasto, dum da dum dum da dum da dum dum dum. But sometimes instead of these two in some lines, you have three, which is like this, dum da dum dum da dum da dum. Instead of two, one, you have three. Right? right? This is uh, the seven domes. And the last one, which uh, follows the meter of uh, Ferdowsi, Shahnameh, the epic of Ferdowsi, is like this. Very, it's more simple. They are a little bit complicated. This is two, one, two, one. What's the book called? Uh, it is Iskandar uh, Nome, the story of Alexander, the book of Alexander, which is divided into two parts, Sharaf Nome, the book of honor, and Iqbal Nome, the book of fortune. So this is two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Two, one. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. Because the last uh, of the quintet is about reason, about philosophy, about the stories from uh, Plato and Aristotle particularly. His uh, Nizami is very devoted to Aristotelis and appreciates him greatly. Aristotle. Aristotle. Aristotle, yes, Aristotle. So he starts by in, in the in his... In, in the beginning of the book, in his uh, invocations and praise of God, he starts with reason. 
But in Leilio Majnun he starts with memory and remembrance. Your name and your remembrance because it's about love. So he says, whatever, whatever treasury which is created by, by reason and by our intellect, the key of which is the name of God. The key to which is the name of God. So what's the so, second, second, what's the second kilid. Uh, now Mr. Sam is going to give an artistic presentation of these uh, five uh, beats. Which is also used for didactic poetry by Saadi 
این بوستان و سعدی از the same به نام خداوند جان آفرین Pointed out 
that the soul is naturally rhythmic and that when you have a, a piece of journalism, there is no rhythm in it. And therefore, to put commonplace ideas into metrics is in a way blasphemy because it is the nature of the soul to speak in meters as we you know ballad meter um, when you hear the, there was a wife of Usher's well and a rich wife was she and uh, you're immediately lifted into this world of once upon a time and it is true to the soul and it's something that is very largely forgotten in those who write poetry in this country but of course Yeats and A.E. all through Shelley and Shelley's poems when he composed them the words came off to the meters once he's whole pages of Shelley written down as just the signs of the rhythm and, and the words came later so I think you have reminded us indeed of what true poetry is in so many ways and uh, we shall I shall go and read Nizami at least and the pleasure and joy of poetry. I think you've also reminded us of that. And please come again to Temenos. And as you see, we welcome you. And it has been wonderful to have you. And thank you so much for being here among us. Thank you very much. Thank you.